Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored for our weekly talk and get together. Hopefully bringing you information so that you can be the CEO of your own body and make informed decisions and give you an incentive to check what I'm saying and see if it makes sense to you. And I welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. Especially in these times, it's really important. Robert Emmons, a Professor of Psychology at the University of California, Davis, is a a foremost authority on gratitude, and his research shows that people with an attitude of gratitude are physically healthier. They sleep better. Remember that. You sleep better and spend more time exercising. They have lower levels of stress hormones in their blood. In general, grateful people are happier, less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and social relationships. That's so important during this time of this COVID-19 crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice. It should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have done many shows on this, and uh, at some point uh, you might want to listen to the first one four weeks ago because some of the things that we talked about are are indeed uh, coming true. But please stay calm. Hold on to your hats. We're probably at the worst moment right now. We're waiting for the peak cases and waiting to see if Congress can act responsibly. Remember, the darkest is before the dawn. That's probably where we are right now. Conspiracy theories are abundant, blaming China and its retaliation on the U.S. and whatever. Be thankful you're here in the United States of America, where we are, our, our leaders are trying to keep us safe. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, I have talked over the over the weeks about uh, different things that may be contributing to this uh, uh, coronavirus scare. Um, let me just. Uh, if I can find it in my notes. Give me one second, please. Um, talk to you about some of the things we have talked about in the past. Uh, uh, some things about the World Health Organization who stated, quote, there is no specific medicine to prevent or treat coronaviruses, COVID-19, unquote. Nevertheless, 
as you've been hearing, doctors around the world, often with the approval of our government, they're treating this with off-label antiviral drugs. And you've heard about chloroquine and, and all the veers. They all end in veer. The hydroxychloroquine uh, that was talked about today. Remember, these drugs all have adverse effects. And remember, no one who was injured by these drugs can, foil, can file a lawsuit. On March 17th of 2020, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services published a, in the Federal Register, Register a notice of declaration conferring broad-based immunity from tort including product liability, litigation for those engaging in activities related to medical countermeasures against COVID-19. This declaration is now published at 85 Fed Register, HHS March 17, 2020. HHS is conferring tort immunity. The immunity extends to any claim of loss caused by or arising out of relating to or resulting from the manufacturer distribution, administration, or use of medical countermeasures. The immunity extends not only to COVID-19 fighting drugs, but also to products, technologies intended to enhance the use of effect of, of a drug, a biological product, in quotes, a vaccine, or a device used against the pandemic. The only exception is for willful misconduct. The immunity being conferred shoves other federal laws aside, as well as preempting state law. There you go. A patient given an antiviral drug dies, cannot file a lawsuit. Anyone associated with the drug from manufacturing down to the physician who prescribed it is exempt from any liability. These drugs have side effects. They save your life if they're, they're worth it, but we have to know that, say, uh, for instance, the drug used to treat malaria, chloroquine, side effects, blurred vision, nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramps, headaches, diarrhea may occur. And it goes on and on and on. So uh, this is what's going on in our world right now, okay? Drugs that... Uh, we're meant for bacteria and parasites. Malaria is a parasite. We were told that viruses don't respond to antibiotics. So what's going on here? I don't have the answer. I have the question and nobody's asking it. If you look at the package insert for azithromycin, which is the zithropac, zithromycin, the Z-pack, it's good against gram-positive bacteria, mainly strep of the strep variety, gram-negative bacteria, Haemophilus and Neisseria, and other bacteria, which include mycoplasma pneumoniae. So is this really just a virus? Again, I have questions. I don't have the answer. But a parasite as big as a continent, a bacteria as big as an island, a virus is a speck. What's going on? I don't know the answer. So let's go over a few things that I have talked about, and then let's see what we can do to try and stay healthy as we plow through this uh, COVID episode. They're calling it a pandemic. Just a little bit of history again, uh, and this is, uh, let me find my note from The Lancet. on how many people get pneumonia without, without a pandemic, okay? How many do get a pneumonia, not even talking about a pandemic? And I'm, I'm looking at my notes, and don't get me started on the vaccines, but we're going to keep this sort of short as soon as I find this quote, because I think it's really important that we put things in perspective. I'll be with you in one second, ladies and gentlemen. I have, I'm reading hundreds and hundreds of articles a day, and sometimes I uh, 
do misplace them, I'm sorry to say. And here it is here. Consider for a moment how easy it would be to label pneumonia outside of, chi- uh, outside of China with the coronavirus tag, right? And then we would say, if it's outside of China and you find pneumonia, it's spreading everywhere. Well, here is the quote I want you to, to listen to. Quote, globally, about 200 million cases of viral community-acquired pneumonia occur every year. 100 million in children and 100 million in adults. That's from Lancet, volume 337, issue 9773, April 9, 2011. Again, I have questions about all this pneumonia. Are we real? Do we really have the right cause for this pneumonia? Is it really a virus? And why is this virus susceptible to antibiotics when Viruses in the past have not been. Again, I have the questions, but I don't have the answers. How about the testing? Everybody says you should get tested. Well, I agree with that. But I I was looking at the uh, CDC website today. And uh, if I can find it. CDC 2019 Novel Coronavirus Real-Time RT-PCR Diagnostic Panel. And let's just go down here for a second and let me just get to the part that I want to read to you right from the CDC website. I'm sorry for this, ladies and gentlemen. I say I got hundreds of, of uh, documents opened up here. Summary and explanation. Okay, talk about uh, what's going on with the virus. The CDC test is a real-time RT-PCR test intended for the qualitative detection of nucleic acid from this coronavirus in the upper and lower respiratory specimens. They talk, then they talk about how they're how they're collected. Uh, uh, a history, they have to have a history of travel. Results are for the identification of this virus. The 2019 RNA is generally detectable in upper respiratory specimens. They're required to report all positive results to the appropriate public authority. So even if you don't have symptoms and you, you have a positive test, you report it. Negative results do not preclude 2019 COVID-19 infection and should not be used as a sole basis for treatment or other patient management decisions. Negative results must be combined with clinical observations, patient history, and epidemiological information. Testing with this testing panel is intended for use by trained laboratory personnel who are proficient in performing real-time assays. The CDC novel test Diagnostic panel is only for the use under the Food and Drug Administration Emergency Use Authorization. The term qualified laboratories refers to laboratories in which all users, analysts, and any person reporting results for you from the use of this device should be trained to perform and interpret the results from this procedure by a competent instructor. The detection of viral viral RNA not only aids in diagnosis of illness, but also provides epidemiological surveillance. In other words, to break this down, the only thing this test does is show that you have had the virus or you have it in your system, but it doesn't tell you how much virus you have or how many virus particles you have. So you really don't know whether you're infected or not. And the way they're compiling their, the statistics is if this test is positive, you get put in there. If you are living with a person that has a positive test, you're, you're counted as a, as a coronavirus test, positive. So anyway, this is from the CDC, right from their website. You can go look it up. But that's, the, that's, that's that part of the news. The coronavirus mortality rate in the United States, however, is dropping to 1% of confirmed cases. 
The U.S. coronavirus mortality rate dipped to 1% on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. And that's significantly lower. It's probably lower. If you factor in all of the cases that are not being reported where people are not feeling sick enough to be tested. So that number could be six or seven times higher than the current number of 38,167. So the mortality rate for the coronavirus in the United States is continuing to fall as more Americans are being tested. Remember, 12 days ago, we were told the coronavirus mortality rate was 4.06%. Today, it's down to 1.25%. And God knows these numbers have really thrown our global economies into a meltdown. But the numbers are starting to look better. Okay, so I just want to give you that. How about a perspective of, of this? The 1918 Spanish flu pandemic killed 675,000 out of a U.S. population of 103,268,000, about one in 200. The 2020 coronavirus has killed, as of Sunday, 396 out of a population of 333,546,000, or a little more than one in a million. And, why, and, you know, we were in a panic over the WHO, the World Health Organization, when they said about it, the initial mortality rate would be 3.4%. And he got away with it. And he said, quote, globally, about 3.4% of reported COVID-19 cases that die by comparison to seasonal flu generally kills far fewer than 1% of those infected. I just want to give you these to, to put you put it in perspective. And, and now we're going to get out of this thing. This thing is going, is going, to, be, is going to be fine. Okay. Uh, we're just not getting all the truths. You know, we have a population of between 330 and 370 million people, 40 million being illegals. And every day in America, 130 people die from opioid overdose. 102 people die in car accidents. 2,500 die from heart attacks. Okay. The swine flu 10 years ago caused 60.8 million illnesses and 12,469 deaths. Again, I just want to bring this to your to your attention, so you know things are not as bad as uh, the pundits uh, and the commentators uh, talk about all day long. And there's been lots of information about the WHO and what they. Uh, have brought to, brought to our attention. So today, how are you going to be safe? Okay, what do you what do you what do you do? Well, all this. Uh, anyway, the one other thing I just want to bring to your attention again: the false positive rate among asymptomatic infe- infected individuals. If you don't have any symptoms, you get tested. The latest study I see here. More than half are reported as falsely positive. So the test has false positive and false negatives. But the false positive rate is pretty high. That's a person that tests positive but has no symptoms. So what the heck's going on? I mean, I just have questions. We're going to have to look for the answers. Hopefully, somebody will be brave enough uh, to ask these important questions. Remember I talked to you about talked to you <coughs> excuse me about 5G and uh, we probably should talk about the electrification of the earth I think it's important and then we'll talk about how to keep our immune system see I'm strong because I told you 4 weeks ago the answer to this is to have a strong immune system and we're 70 80% of our immune system it's in our gut in our gut, in our intestines. We also have the same microbiome on our skin and in our mouth. 
So this overuse of hand sanitizers destroys the natural defenses our body puts there. So instead of pushing, you know, they, I, I know what the aim is. The aim is uh, for the CDC to sell us a vaccine. But why don't we just try and boost up our immune system like we've been do- doing for centuries? Have a strong immune system. We'll talk about how to get that stronger. But just a little bit of a summary, uh, if I can. And again, I have, I have notes all over, so you have to excuse me once in a while. Uh, I'm just reading a book, and I, I would recommend it. It's called The Invisible Rainbow. It's a huge book, but I think it's well worth reading. It's by Arthur Furstenberg, F-I-R-S-T-E-N-B-E-R-G, A History of, of Electricity and Life. And uh, some of the, seven, the symptoms that they had in the mid-1700s, Changes in pulse rate, and increased body temperature, and mental exhaustion, sedation, perspiration, lactation, lacrimation, fatigue, drowsiness, nervousness, headaches, chest pain, constipation, nosebleeds, respiratory infections and shortness of breath, coughing and wheezing. In 1750, as we started to electrify the earth, and especially when, when London was strong with wires, all these things started to happen. And while we're talking about London, I just I want to remind you, too, you know, the honeybees are, are dying. And they started to die when Marconi built the world's first permanent radio station. And that's sort of been our, our, the first shot across the bow, the, the bees warning humanity. What's going on? Okay, when they, when they first put up this tower, the bees were often seen crawling up grass stems and up supports on their hive where they remained and then fell back to earth because of sheer weakness and then died. About 100 years later, same thing happened. Then on November 19, 2019, a 5G antenna was placed 250 meters from a home in Australia. And the woman, the woman uh, who had the house near the tower writes, she was in the driveway and she saw bees just dropping on the driveway and then dying. So we have to wake up. So the bees are telling us. We'll talk about all the satellites are going to be in the air. I mean, 60 satellites were launched uh, this week. SpaceX. There's 12,000 of them. And SpaceX has applied for 42,000 more. They launch 60 at a time, twice a month. They, the, the studies show that if they are all launched, they will far outnumber the approximately 9,000 visible stars. And they will be brighter than all but 172 of them. That's why it's important we read this invisible rainbow. Dr. Cowan has stated that in every instance of influenza epidemics in our modern era was associated with a radical change in the electrification of the earth immediately before the outbreak. He talks about the Spanish flu, the radar signals, the side effect of exposure of human blood to intense electrical uh, currents, cause people to bleed and get sick. It weakens our immune system. There was a flu epidemic in 1956. followed the introduction of high-intensity radar installations off the coast of Alaska, Cape Cod, and New York Harbor. And we can go on and on and on about this. But uh, Dr. Paul, P-A-L-L, made it perfectly clear when he said, Wuhan City in China, where the outbreak started, was the initial site of the most intense Roll out a 5G wireless technology on the planet. Just think about that. The most intense in the planet. And we're getting updates all the time, right? About this, but nobody's mentioning wireless 5G. If you read uh, the book I was just telling you about, The Invisible Rainbow, you'll find the, some of the initial... Complications from electricity was hemorrhaging and prolonged coagulation, and people are dying now of internal hemorrhaging. 
with brain bleeds and so forth. And now this 5G is getting rolled out <clears throat> across the, the globe, huh? In, in lots of cities and towns. Thousands of uh, radiation-emitting satellites as we talked about. Dr. Paul, P-A-L-L, he says that it, it, there are a number of studies in which EMF radiation is a cofactor in either suppressing our immune response to viral infections or itself makes viral infections more lethal. You know, a question, but nobody's asking it. We don't have any answers. So if a virus is really involved, then the afflicted people will, will have sufficiently weakened immune systems. We don't have an immune system. We can't fight that virus. It's really a tragic situation. And I think it's a wake-up call to, to the intensification of electrification. And, of course, what can you do? Well, we, we could take a sidebar here and say, you know, whenever it's possible, ladies and gentlemen, please get outside and walk barefoot on the beach or in the garden. You've heard about earthing or grounding then we get back to get rid of some of our electrons, give them back to the earth. Okay, really important. Turn off your Wi-Fi at night. In fact, in our home, we just turn it off anytime we're not using it, even though we hardwired our computer. But if you don't have a hard wire and you're using the Wi-Fi, please turn the sucker off. It's not doing you any good. Okay. So, as a political point, remember the CDC is listed on Dun and Bradstreet, and one of their goals and one of their in their mission statements, they are there to buy and sell vaccines. Okay, you can look it up, CDC and Dun and Bradstreet. And I could get into talking about. You know, is it really, did our constitutional rights really being negated? Is that really true? Well, some people say it is. Some people are saying that corona is, is a very mild virus and no more deadly than many others, that we are not making a fuss about it. We talked about the so many deaths from the regular flu and other causes. I think I will get into this just a little bit about what a constitutional lawyer wrote. I'll just uh, try and get to my summary. The First American, First Amendment quarantine. He says the government in America suspended the First Amendment freedom of millions of citizens with a shutdown and stay-at-home curfew orders that prohibit obtaining a, a petition for a public protest or even being physically present for a public protest. Even meetings, remember this, they say don't don't have don't have more than ten. They're prohibited by various governing jurisdictions in this United States. And Missouri did it too. Hartford, Maryland, California, Nevada, Illinois, Pennsylvania. And more more will come, I'm sure. First Amendment right, Second Amendment quarantine, he says under the guise of unnecessary businesses, emergency powers are simply furloughing or reducing staff. I mean, watch out for your guns. And they're releasing inmates into the street. And they want to even release more. In Philadelphia, there's no detention orders from Philadelphia to, to Fort Worth for a wide range of criminals. You want to defend yourself? Give yourself a deep sense of personal protection that comes from gun ownership for many as the Second Amendment safeguards. You know, good luck on that. Fourth Amendment quarantine. And if you don't know what the Fourth Amendment is, few protections are more American than the right to privacy against coerced, compelled, secretive, or subversive invasion. 
coordinating with private companies unrestrained by this amendment. Why do you think the NSA uses them to gather all your emails, conversation, text, internet searches? They, they are, you know, the watching eye in the sky. It could be your Alexa in your home, the camera on your computer, the phone in your hand. Privacy ended. Constitution quarantine. Fifth Amendment quarantine, he says. Fifth Amendment, the protection of for our right to make a living arises from the Fifth Amendment, right to property without deprivation by due process of law, and the obligation of government to compensate any such takings. Yes, they're doing that. Just have to be aware of it. I'm not saying that uh, that the, the measures in place are not here to keep us safe but we don't know from what and we don't know we don't really don't have a lot of a lot of answers all right so what do we do all right we talk too much about that stuff i wasn't going to talk political so beside increasing your immune system and we talked about probiotics and vitamin c and vitamin d and zinc and we'll talk more about zinc in a minute what else can you do to protect yourself to stay in your bedroom till the whole thing blows over You must follow the guidelines, however, that are issued out there. I am not saying you should not follow them. You should follow those guidelines from the, the organization to, that are telling you to wash your hands frequently for at least 20 seconds with plain soup, replacing handshakes and hugging with high fives and fist pumps. Keep your hands away from your face. Practice social distancing. Stay clear of larger groups and staying at least six, six feet away from anyone exhibiting symptoms. But you know what the number one immune system killer is? It's eating too much sugar. Simple sugars like table, sugar, honey, glucose, fructose, they practically put a muzzle on infection-fighting white blood cells. The vital, their vital ability to surround and engulf invading bacteria drop by 50% after sugar consumption. And we talked about refined sugar. So please don't compromise your immune system by eating sugar. Fortify it. Fortify it by eating more low-sugar fruits and vegetables. If you can get them now, organic is always preferred because they, 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 there's a limited amount of pesticides and toxins on them. You know what immune system number two is? It's not getting enough sleep. We talked about if you have an attitude of gratitude, you sleep better. If you're worried about this virus a lot, you may lose some sleep. But catching enough disease just doesn't just make you feel rested and refreshed. It's been proven to strengthen your immune system. Quality sleep is one of the best ways to keep your immune system in tip-top shape. And, and we've talked about sleep over the years, what it can do to your hormone system, your fight or flight. It just keeps taxing your, your system. That's the second. So sugar, not getting enough sleep. And we could get on about, you know, what it else, everything else it does. But please, it's a good time to reach for your melatonin, three to six milligrams. You can find find these supplement, melatonin supplements uh, all over. And, and please just start with three milligrams, like at nine o'clock at night or an hour before you want to go to sleep. Give that a try. So immune system killer number three, drinking too much. And I'm talking about water. I'm talking about alcohol. It does play heck with your immune system. Alcohol disrupts immune pathways and impairs your, bo your body's ability to defend itself against infection. And it go, it go, you know, it, it, we can go into the, the physiology about how it, it, it affects your monocytes and your natural killer cells, but watch your, watch your drinking. Immune system killer number four. Exercising too much or too little. 
right? Exercise can help you live longer. In fact, folks who are sedentary are 30% more likely to die from all causes. And of course, exercise helps to flush bacteria out of your lungs and airways and can reduce your stress and hormone levels. Okay, so nice good walk outside in the forest, forest training, stay healthy, but don't overdo it. Okay, about 30 minutes a day is probably pretty good for while we're all quarantined. And smoking. If you're still smoking cigarettes, quit now. Okay. The reason you want to quit now is because your colds will last longer, your wounds will heal slower, and you're just not as all-around healthy as non-smokers. But the minute you stop, ladies and gentlemen, you're back on the road to empowering your body's natural disease-fighting power, your immune system. Okay? All right, so... Just look at what the CDC does on patents. Coronavirus is mild. Can zinc help with coronavirus? Well, it probably can. Because there are some scientific papers out there. uh, And I had one here, but I I must have closed it. That show that uh, zinc can help with uh, killing viruses. Okay. Okay. So uh, you want to take a good zinc lozenge during this pandemic scare of ours for supportive care. In our household, we're using the lozenge anytime we're around people. And Okay. Although I'm going to tell you something about this virus. It, you know, it's probably not coming in through your mouth. It's coming in through your nose. So that's a reason to keep your hands away from your face. And... It's generally, zinc is considered a general supportive treatment for other viral diseases. There's no evidence that that I could find for this new coronavirus, but there's evidence that that it has uh, affected other viruses. So I don't see any reason why not to take it, in addition to the standard care, which we keep talking about, social distancing, hand washing, Please avoid touching your face. Those most vulnerable, though, to have a deficiency of zinc are those that have sickle cell anemia, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, liver disease. Okay, any disease that would stop your uh, intestine from absorbing things properly. Because a zinc deficiency generally results in a widespread loss of immunity. And what do we say? If you have a weak immune system, you're going to be prone to to get anything. And we know, you know, you've known about the the zinc and how it affects the common cold and so forth. You know, this coronavirus belongs to a family of viruses called RNA. And that's what we're going to talk about some, at some point in time about the RNA vaccine. In lab experiments, when you increase zinc levels in cells of RNA viruses, they stop multiplying. Okay? That's not the coronavirus. There's other viruses. They stop multiplying. One of the studies in animals now caused these viruses just to break up and die. So I think it's important. That's an important uh, mineral to take. And can it help with the virus? I I don't know for sure. I'm not here to tell you it can. Okay, but uh, it probably will, in my opinion. You know, 15 or 30 milligrams is a good dosage for zinc, if you want to know that. And uh, if you listen to my show on colloidal silver, you know we talked about breathing. And, and nasal breathing, ladies and gentlemen, may be your first line of defense against this virus. We don't know a lot about this COVID-19. There's a lot unknown about it. And we don't know for sure whether breathing through the nose can inhibit it. However, 
might, as some physicians state, it might be logical to breathe only through the nose, given that the primary defense to airborne viruses is in the nose and not the mouth. So they're recommending that you breathe through your nose, especially in public places, on public transport, or when exercising. They're advising that while in public places, maybe you can try and slow down your breathing deliberately. Don't take in so much air volume. And they're recommending you be aware of your breath whole time while you're at rest. What's the test? Exhale through your nose, hold your breath, and time how long it takes for you to experience the first definite desire to breathe. If it's less than 10 seconds, you you do not have optimal respiration. So we're going to get enough sleep, good nutrition, get rid of the sugar, get outside and have some fresh air. And there's lots about breathing, ladies and gentlemen, especially about nitric oxide and how we can... Uh, Increase it in our in our body. We'll get to that in a show that we'll just talk about breathing. But for now, just try and breathe through your nose. Wash your hands. Self-isolate. Catch your sneezing in your elbow. Doesn't look like face masks are doing any good. But people that that are already sick and are coughing and have this the positive test probably should wear a mask to avoid passing the virus but don't don't have a false sense of security just because you have a mask on uh, you're, you're going to keep everybody safe okay so limit your exposure to toxins not only be proactive in taking probiotics and prebiotics, get out there and get some sunshine. Because sunshine is a treatment we talked about. It's the UV light. And I'm lucky I'm down here in Florida. And a good practice is getting out at midday. If you can't do that, you need to take vitamin D3 and K2. Try and drink as much pure water as you can. Okay, stay hydrated. It's really important. And try and eat a, a diet as free of chemicals and processed food as, as possible. And it's getting hard. You can't go to gyms anymore, but regular sweating in saunas is really important. A way to clear our body of toxins. But you know what? If you're, you're in a nice enough climate, you can get out there and work up a nice sweat. We talked about vitamin C. It is generally thought of as an immune support. And remember, in China, they're using 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C intravenously to, to, to cure the patients that were had pneumonia from, from this virus. The most absorbable kind is liposomal. They're, and that type of vitamin C in the liposomal, the ascorbic acid is dissolved in a fatty shell to wait in its passage through the intestinal wall. And the doses varies between 500 and 5,000 milligrams a day, children through adults. And mushrooms are making the, the news again. And, um, you know, and you, 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 you can get educated on that. We and our family use the cordyceps, but there's reishi and other ones that, uh, you can use. And remember, food, ladies and gentlemen, is a great medicine. Take care of yourself. Make sure you get that shut eye. Lifestyle choices are important. Stress management is important. Follow your gut because your gut is where your immune system is. And don't eat the wrong types of food and and put them in your gut as too much sugar because it can cause inflammation. We talked about soaking up the sun. Stay hydrated. It is 
Water is, is the fuel that triggers the body's metabolic processes. We're, we're like the two-thirds of water, but 99.8% of our cells have water in them. Really important, ladies and gentlemen. A goal that some people talk about is drink at least half your body weight in ounces. You weigh 100 pounds, 50 ounces of water. If you're active, though, and you are sweating a lot, you might want to increase that. And remember, if you're on certain high blood pressure medications, ones that President Trump even talked about, they can make this virus worse. And one of them is ibuprofen. Another's Capitin. Another's Vasotec. Another's Monopril. Zestril. Okay? They, they have been known to make this uh, virus worse. So limit your Wi-Fi, really important. Reduce your stress levels. Uh, breathe through your nose. Stay hydrated. Watch this Wi-Fi. I can't tell you how, how important that is. I could tell you about red light therapy, but that, that would... I would entail you having to buy a red light, but red lights in the 650 nanometer range, the LED lights, they sort of have been proven a lot of studies now to restore the health of of your cells, making uh, us resistant to the effects of uh, the viral infections and what they're calling now the um, non-native EMFs, electromagnetic fields. Okay. So let's, uh, I think the darkest days are here. We're only going to get better from here on out. Uh, we want to get educated. We want to keep talking about these issues. We want to keep talking about, uh, you know, is this really a virus? You know, why do antibiotics work against it if it's a virus? Because the two antibiotics we're talking about are good against malaria, Malaria is caused by a parasite. And an antibiotic, which is caused by bacteria, which is a little smaller. But a virus is like a speck in relationship to the parasite. So we need answers to those questions. And I think uh, a good positive attitude on everybody's part is is really important. Uh, It looks like we're making that progress. Okay. Uh, I believe that colloidal silver, ozone, ozonated water, if you can't have an ozone machine and ozone, just ozonate your water, they're, they're, they're on, on the internet. There's water ozonators, really important to drink that water. Hydrogen water, which keeps your body alkaline, really important. And there's lots of conspiracy theories out there. You know, how the Chinese went into Italy, how the Chinese went into Iran, they probably are true. I don't know. Okay. But uh, no matter if it's true or not, we're stuck with this. And we have to keep our immune systems strong. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's all I have for today. This has been a really stressful week for me because I have so much information. And and some of it is, is really disturbing, especially some of the information I get from the uh, some military people, and it could be true. It could be we're due in for a, a, a medical martial law. I don't know. I don't know the answer, and I'm not qualified enough to talk about it. Uh, but things could, could get crazy here. Uh, and if they do, we'll uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about any anti-gun bills that may or may not be put up. We can talk about the migrant workers in Italy at some point, but so what? You know, they have to deal with it right now. They, their, their socialized system has to deal with it. We can talk about the 50 hertz electrical field, how that aggravates viruses, and that's from articles I found in PubMed. And as I said, it was, was the, our president lied to about the how bad this thing could be? Is it real? Is it really a, uh, a pandemic? 
And then we really just try and think, who the heck benefits from this? Who really benefits from, from this whole pandemic scare? You know, and there's lots of lots of theories on it. I don't I don't know the answer. A lot of people talking about it. Who really benefits? Is it the drug companies? Is it the CDC so they can sell vaccines? I hope not. I mean, I hope that we're, we're better than that. But there there are lots of theories out there. So let's uh, eat well. Stay well, have faith, pray, get outside, try and reduce your stress, drink some good water, ozonated water if you can afford it, and uh, we'll be back next week with a, a summary of everything that we have for, that, that's going on during the week, and uh, always follow the guidelines that are put out there by the CDC right now. Washing your hands, social distancing. Don't use, uh, please, uh, the, the soap destroys the outer coating of the virus, more so than the hand sanitizers. Too much hand sanitizers are going to dry your skin out, open your pores up, and uh, get rid of the normal bacteria on your skin. So not your first choice. But if your soap is not available, go ahead and use them. Um Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got today. I have a million other things I'd like to talk to you about, but uh, we'll do that next week. So God bless. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Have a great one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored with your host, Dr. Ron. We are here each and every week. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We bring you medical news that you can use, medical news that's up to date on drug reactions and interpretation of medical articles. We also have some great guests scheduled, so thank you again, have a great week, listen to us on Apple, Alexa, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher. Ciao.